Hello, welcome to another episode of the Launch Notes podcast. I'm Blake Thorne from Launch Notes. Really, really excited about this one today. Got Alex Klufus, who is a product manager at IBM. Might be familiar to folks on TikTok as Alex the PM, where she has amassed quite the following and is doing some awesome content on that, plus some other stuff in the content world right now that I'm super excited to get into and is on the ground at IBM doing you know some really important PM work. Excited to get into all this today. Alex, welcome to the Launch Notes podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to chat about TikTok, content yeah. creation, and especially how it relates to product management. Yeah, I'm excited to I'm excited to have you and we you know, we went into this project here at Launch Notes wanting to, you know, and the one of the things I told the founders here is like I want to, you know, interview folks who are at the very sort of pinnacle of product teams and like running the show and like these massive product orgs and like get inside their head for like how do you run a massive product org? And I also want to like get the on the ground people who are like you know, early in their career, like doing like the cutting edge stuff and like know like what the very latest thing is in PM because they're doing it. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm super excited with this one because you're, you know, super early in your career still, but have done some really awesome stuff. Yeah. Maybe just give us the quick kind of background on, you know, how you got into, how you got interested in into PM in the first place. Yeah, for sure. So for product management, the story kind of goes back to when I was an undergrad. I was pretty aimless in undergrad. I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my career. I was toying around with a lot of different ideas. I also saw these people in my class landing these really cool jobs at Amazon, Microsoft, Google, et cetera, working mostly as like software engineers. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting, but I'm not really sure if I want to do that. But more importantly, I didn't know how they were getting those jobs. I was just so curious, but I didn't know who to ask. So I graduated from my undergrad and I literally just took the first job that was offered to me working in business operations at a tech startup in New York City. And this is where I first learned about this whole concept of product management. I had never even heard of this title. I had never heard that there was someone who worked with business, design, engineering, but got to kind of be the center of attention, if, for lack of a better term. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. I want to do that really badly. So right when I first heard about product management, you know, only a few months into my like entire career, I was applying to product management jobs with quite honestly, having done zero research and not even fully understanding what a product manager does only having this kind of surface level exposure to people at my company. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. safe to say I got rejected a lot <laughs> um, <laughs> and I didn't know what, what I was doing wrong and I didn't know how to improve it at that time. Um, kind of adjacent to all of that, I also applied to business school because I was trying to figure out what do I need to learn? What's missing if I want to get to this product management role. And I, for me at that time, I decided that business school, specifically the one-year tech MBA at NYU, was the right choice where I could build both my business acumen, but also some of the technical skills that I didn't know I needed when I was in undergrad in more of a formal learning environment. So during my MBA and also during early COVID, I had a chance to basically relearn everything about product management because I kind of had a direction to go in, which was very exciting for me because 
up to that point, I had no idea what I wanted my career to look like. Yeah. So I made it my goal coming out of NYU to land a PM job at a big, big tech company. And I was like, so dead set on that. And mm-hmm. I think that all the work I had done leading up to that point, reading, practicing the interviews, building a side project, all got me to that point to give me a good opportunity to actually make that dream a reality. And so I've been at IBM for, it's almost my one year anniversary working as a product manager, which is really exciting. So I am early in my career with respect to that. Yeah. That's super exciting. And it's a pattern I've found talking to all sorts of PMs on this show is like, everyone has a similar story where they're sort of, you know, had a couple different interests and sort of like found their way into the PM path eventually. And a lot of it is like, Hey, I was five, 10 years into my career as a, I don't know, a developer or, a, you know, doing sales or marketing or something and ended up in PM. And it's, it's pretty cool that you sort of calibrated around your, you know, appetite for PM work, you know, so early and it's just going to like set you up for, you know, it's awesome. Like by the time you're my age, you'll have, you know, a dozen years of PM, PM work behind you and you'll be, you'll be crushing, you'll be crushing it. So that's, that's really cool. Oh, I'm curious. I mean, you, you said you set your sights on a large company and what are some of the, what are some of the ways that, you know, actually being in the role and like actually being in that environment kind of contrasted, maybe, you know, surprised you compared to what you thought it would be? Yeah. So as I mentioned, I worked at a tech startup before my MBA back in my early, early career. So I -hmm. had this one view of PM that basically when the CEO declares something, you go and build it because there's only 20 people in the room or in the entire company and you guys need to make the bottom line. Otherwise no one's getting paid. Yeah. So I had this semblance of, or this understanding at that time that, oh my God, everything the CEO goes, they are like the truth keeper in terms of the direction we need to go in. When I got Mm. to IBM or a larger company for that fact, obviously we're not getting direct requests from our CEO of the company, but also the larger company structure and working on an older product that has already carved out its market gives Mm -hmm. me more time to think, why do we want to build this? Why is this customer requesting something? How Mm -hmm. can we serve them? Is there another way that we can resolve what they need to do? Mm -hmm. So that was definitely a really big change for me that trying to figure out how to kind of politely say no, maybe in some circumstances, but also bring value to the customer. Yeah, yeah, sure. Another pattern I've picked up on the show is we've talked to a lot of folks who started their PM career at, you know, Google or Microsoft or wherever. And it's like, you know, you kind of learn the environment at its most complex. And Mm -hmm. then you can go to, you know, whether it's a startup or investing or something else, or it's just like a smaller or a faster moving environment. It's like, yeah, there's some adjustment period, but you've kind of like, you've learned like, okay, I've got this like catalog of like moves and, you Mm -hmm. know, experiences, like maybe these over here aren't relevant, but I can like use these now. And it's just like a great sort of training ground for like wherever, whether you continue at massive companies or go startup path or start your own company or something Mm -hmm. someday, like you, you kind of get a, it's like a buffet of a little bit of everything that you get to do in an environment like that. So that's very, very cool. You know, I'd also love to ask you about this because we have a lot of a lot of folks whose kind of our audience for this show are 
you know, maybe they're maybe they're running a team, they're further in their PM career, they might be a, a chief product officer or like a manager of PMs. As someone who's got like, okay, like I've got one year under my belt, like what are some of the things you've seen or you would expect that would be like advice for, you know, product leaders or, you mm -hmm. know, managers of larger product organizations on ways that they can support, you know, first year PMs? Like what are the most helpful ways, things that can be supportive of people coming into a product org maybe on their first year on the job. Yeah, of course. So I was actually thinking about this recently. I have an absolutely excellent manager and team mm -hmm. at IBM. I have literally only great things to say about them. First thing my manager did when I literally first joined the data replication team, which is the product I work on, mm -hmm. is he spent probably an hour every single day with me on WebEx for the first two weeks, walking me through just what data replication was. I had personally not had any exposure to mm -hmm. this type of database management. So yeah. first, making sure that that new person who's joined the team is learning from the ground floor. Don't expect they know anything. Just mm -hmm. really go down to ground zero so that you can build them up to understand how not only that product technologically works, but how does it fit into the larger ecosystem of products at whatever company you're at? That was another mm -hmm. important component of my early product management stages was understanding, okay, we have these products in our portfolio. Why do we prioritize these features as opposed to these features? Why mm -hmm. do we have this many engineering resources? Why do sales keep asking these types of questions? So understanding how we operate in that larger context. And mm -hmm. I think the last piece that was really, really helpful from my teammates who are all 10 plus years ahead of me in their careers was helping guide me to find the right people to talk to when I had questions or needed to mm -hmm. get something to progress. At a larger yeah. company, especially in a remote environment, Sometimes you just don't know who the next person you need to talk to, to continue down the path of resolving a particular problem or issue. So that yeah. was very helpful as well of giving me like a who's who, oh, this person is the main person for this product. This is the engineering manager for this product. This is our main salesperson, um, mm -hmm. providing a lot of organizational context that I wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. No, those are all, those are all great points and, you know, super, super valuable for folks out there listening. The third one I especially resonate with, I mean, the, the, it can be under, you know, underappreciated, just like the interpersonal complexity of organizations like this mm -hmm. and to be able to have that skill to like, even just finding, you know, people say like, find someone to help, like, what, what, who's the person who can help? Like so many times, like even finding that person can be, can be such a challenge or you can like start talking to someone and get 11 minutes into the conversation and be like, oh, they're actually talking about something entirely different. Like I need yes. to, I yes. need to talk to like their counterpart in the, you know, in the APAC department or whatever. It's, um, right. it's a good, it's a good lesson there. I, I noticed a lot of that working at Atlassian and, you know, mm -hmm. certainly not the scale of IBM, but still like several, you know, several thousand people at the time and it's you know being able to say and be able to navigate that where it's like hey i'm here's what i'm trying to accomplish 
I don't know if you're even the right person to help me with that, but can you kind of point me in the right direction? Like mm -hmm. that's like the first step. And like often the person that you need help from is sort of two degrees of separation away from you. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, it's like networking out in the real world sometimes, like networking inside your company. Like, can I get an introduction to this person? Like instead of me going cold to the person who runs email marketing, it's like, oh, hey, like I work with you and I see you've worked with them a bunch. Like, here's what I'm trying to do. Can I get an introduction to them? Mm -hmm. And in those conversations too, I've noticed you'll get amazing context and help and you'll get set up for success because the right allies on your, you know, close to you can do those introductions. They can also say like, yeah, you know, you want to talk to, you know, you want to talk to Amanda about this project, but here's the mm -hmm. thing with Amanda. She's got these three other priorities right now. And she, you know, mm -hmm. she really doesn't have patience for requests that are blah, 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 blah. And it's like, oh, cool. Like I'm so much more set up for success now than yeah. if I just like found Amanda on Slack or whatever, and just like cold approached. So yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot to that. That's like, you know, picking up that skill, like, and being able to navigate that it's, you know, mm -hmm. it can sound you know, silly or something, but in organizations like this, it's incredibly important. Yes. Yes. And I'm grateful to be on a, especially a wider team where there's a lot of openness in terms of uh -huh. learning about our code bases, learning about how our mm -hmm. product was originally built. Everyone I've spoken with and I've set up a meeting with them, they're willing to go into both yeah. the nitty gritty, but also the historical components of why we decided certain things when mm -hmm. a certain thing was acquired by IBM, why yeah. certain things are built, et cetera. Yeah. Very helpful for giving yeah. you such a longer span of context. And I'm sure it's a good crash course too in like, okay, here's why all the sort of like documentation of decisions and stuff is important. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> you kind of get that from the bat because it's like, you're going to have those conversations and you're like, actually, you should read this PRD on it, or you should read this, you know, someone wrote a memo or someone wrote an yeah. email about, you know, and at last it was always, there was a confluence page for everything, but it's like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it can seem like a, you know, it can seem like a pain if you're like, okay, why are we doing this? But then when you're in that situation of like, yeah. Hey, I'm trying to learn about this project. And someone's like, cool, I'll tell you about it. And I'll also give you like four links of internal documentation to read. And yeah. you're just like, okay, I get why we do this now because you know, years from now, someone's going to be in this same situation with the project I'm working on. Let's jump into the, let's jump into the content side of things. Tell me about let's starting do to do, you know, starting to do PM stuff on TikTok. You've been killing yeah, it there. So, thank you. I appreciate that. So let's, let's talk about content creation. I think this story also starts early COVID lockdown, what have you. My sister is about two years younger than me. She had just been basically booted out of her senior year of undergrad, and we were sharing a room during COVID, and she was spending a lot of time on this app called TikTok that I had personally never heard of. And from what I could hear across the room, it was a lot of like very short, snippy dance videos, comedy videos, pet videos, etc. Mm -hmm. But after a while, she started sending me like career tips videos because she knew that I was about to get into my MBA. I wanted to become a product manager, but I was feeling a bit lost. Didn't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, so she was sending me these videos and very specifically, I remember two specific videos that stood out to me that I was like, Whoa, what is this? Was one from Jerry Lee who runs one showing you how to find 
jobs on LinkedIn that are actually hiring. And then the second one was from Sheree Lo, yeah, Sheree Lu on TikTok, who was showing how she built a side project to get her product management job. So those two videos oh, nice. are like burned in my brain of, whoa, yeah. there's helpful content on this platform. Like, this is amazing. So mm-hmm. I slowly was dipping my toe into just consuming this platform, understanding, was this something, what was here? What was here? Yeah. And is there anything I could contribute? And that was in the yeah. back of my head for a while. Yeah. So I go and do my MBA, da, 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 da. I graduate from my MBA and I start at IBM and I'm on TikTok and I'm thinking like, wait a minute, I have one of those quote unquote fancy tech jobs. Like I have information yeah. that I could provide and reflecting back to my first like part of this podcast where I talked about being really confused in undergrad on how people mm-hmm. were getting these jobs. I was like, yeah. I can do this. Like I have information to impart to people who are a few years younger than me a few years behind in this career progression into a job that a lot of people want at this moment in time. So that was kind of where like the spark emerged. I saw actually valuable content and I decided to just give it a shot. Yeah, that's, that's great. And I'm curious, like, what do you, you know, what is your kind of like next step or first step to do that? Because it's like, you know, I certainly know the feeling where it's like, cool, I want to like do this experiment or try something on this platform. And then it's like, you're kind of like day one blank page. Like, what do we do? So how, how did you kind of get like ideas or creative juices flowing or yeah, yeah. Get start at it? So that's kind of a two-parter question. First yeah. was I reflected back on all the times I had questions that I felt like mm-hmm. I didn't know where to find the answer. So, mm-hmm. you know, how do people find product management jobs? confirming what is a product manager? What does the day-to-day look like? How do you work with engineering? How do you build up technical skills? That yes, I could Google and review blog posts and such, but there was value in getting it delivered to someone who was in my position, maybe a few years ahead of me. And Mm -hmm. then second, the best part about TikTok as a platform right now is that it is so experimental in nature So it's constantly changing what is going viral, what memes are going viral, the sounds going viral. And then on top Mm -hmm. of that, you have an audience with, for better and worse, a very short attention span. So it allows you to really experiment like crazy that quite honestly, in 24 hours, people will not remember what you posted. It gives you a lot of freedom to try things that you might not in other places, but also with this possibility that you might just skyrocket with one of your videos and collect a bunch of followers. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that's, you know, I think it's so interesting. It's something I've noticed in, at least in my own behavior. And I think you've done a nice job with this on, on your account with like, you go to your account now and there's just like a, a really impressive library of just like questions and insights and answers yes. and stuff like that. And I've, I've done this on, you know, your account and others where it's like, yeah, like I might catch something like just like scrolling through the feed or just like might, you know, be interspersed in between all all my other interests. But there are also moments where it's like I have kind of higher intent. Maybe I have a specific question or I'm like super interested mm-hmm. about the topic at a given moment or I catch one of your videos and it like gets me thinking about something. And then I'll like go to that account's page and kind of just like 
you know, and the, the platform make this kind of easy too. You can just like binge every, you know, all their stuff too, yes. you know, or scroll through all their things and just like spend. So it's like, there's the short attention span thing, but I would also imagine you have a bunch of your followers who are like, Hey, I'm going to go spend like 25 minutes or an hour on yeah. Alex's page, like watching all her videos. Yeah. And especially now that, as you mentioned in the early days, I did not have a content library. I was trying mm. to also be funny, like really yeah. lean into like the viral <laughs> memes on yeah. TikTok. Not yeah. my style. I'm not particularly funny <laughs> in that way, like yeah. some people are. But yeah. once I was able to lean into the like more informational side of TikTok, which is uh -huh. a whole separate thing, yeah, I felt like I could really find my footing and mm -hmm. build up this library. So I probably spent six plus months with having like up to a thousand followers, just mm -hmm. like pumping out content. And it wasn't really until I was like six months in that I started hitting a little bit of growth a little mm -hmm. more rapidly that people were deciding that my videos had value in some capacity and really attributing to my follower count. Do you remember, was there like a specific moment or video where you felt like, oh, like things have kind of clicked here or like I'm onto something? Yes. So I posted a video about how to make a product resume, like very tactfully. There is mm -hmm. like six categories, in my opinion, that mm -hmm. you need to showcase on your resume to become a product manager. And you want to yeah. go line by line and see which fall into what categories and if you're missing anything. And that was the oh, first cool. video where it wasn't just like a meme going viral. Like it was something that I had independently created. I also believed in it when I posted that video. I was like, this is a great video. People were like, oh, excellent. It was this lovely, like 60 second tidbit of something you could actionably do today mm -hmm. to set yourself up to be a little bit more product oriented when you were applying to jobs, looking for jobs, et cetera. That's, that's very cool. Yeah. That's, did that kind of change gears for you then on like how you were going to approach content in the future and maybe make things a little more tactical like that. Yeah. 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 So there's yeah. always an idea of what can someone apply from this video Yeah, or what are definitely. they learning from me? Yeah. But it also changed my style because I moved away from giving more like one-on-one -on -one advice or trying to jump into the trends and being mm -hmm. more more tact yeah more tactical in the advice for lack of a better term i started mm -hmm. changing how i was setting up my screen doing a bunch of graphics behind my head really trying to capitalize yeah. on the short form content but still providing like basically essays behind my head of yeah. like yeah yeah how to answer these types of product management questions how to answer the meta rpm product questions oh mm -hmm. this product application is open. This is how you apply. Yeah. That was really like my breakthrough of, okay, I figured out my style. I know what I like to do and I'm getting to help a lot of people. That's so cool. I, I think there's such like a, this is such like a macro trend around these platforms, how they're under, I don't want to say underappreciated, but just sort of like underestimated in their early days or in their sort of like yes. initial growth phase. And, you know, you see a lot of this around the conversation around TikTok where it's like, oh, it's just funny videos or it's just like, you know, teenagers on there. Or like this can't be taken seriously. And it was a part of mm -hmm. why we're trying to like lean into it as, as a business too and like do our own stuff on it. It's like, 
I feel like I've just like seen this movie so many times before where mm-hmm. it's like underestimated at first. And it's like, yeah, maybe, you know, I, I don't think it's going to flame out or at least if, you know, if not TikTok, this like short form vertical video format, right? Like everyone's yeah. doing that now, right? There's definitely something to that. And like, geez, I can remember being, I'm dating myself here, but you know, being an intern at print newspapers, those were sort of my first career. And, you know, Twitter was like newer. And I remember like editors at the newspaper I worked at talking about like, what am I going to do on Twitter? Like talk about mm-hmm. my lunch. That's stupid. And now it's like anyone who's in, you know, any journalist who's, you know, every journalist is on Twitter. Like it'd right. be silly not to. It's like obviously like such an important tool for journalism. But at the time, just like the, you know, the lack of seriousness just because it was like a newer platform or younger people were on that. And it's, yeah. it's always interesting when you see that turning point where it's like, no, like, yeah, there's a, longer, yeah, a lot of younger people on it, but like they're getting value that they're like maybe not finding on a Google search or on exactly. Facebook or a textbook or something, right? Like right. It's, it's cool that you've recognized that and started, you know, yeah. creating um, that content. I, I had a similar experience to when I first started posting. I had people being like, wait, like you're trying to do product management content on TikTok. I thought TikTok was just for yeah. animals, cooking, right? I don't know, what, what, what have you, or entertainment purposes. But it's really not once you get down to the nitty gritty of it. It's where people go to, yes, be entertained, but also to learn. They want mm-hmm. to learn something new that then they can yeah. tell their friends or help them in some capacity. Last yeah. year, there was like a study published that TikTok was right behind Google or maybe just surpassing Google in terms of SEO or where people go to search for things. And that's when I was like, oh, people are really investing their time to go learn from other people in a way that they haven't been able to before. In these bite-sized videos that will give them information in a a very short amount of time. Yeah, Uh, 100%. A hundred percent. And yeah, I, I remember that that search study came out and it, and it makes perfect sense. It's like, it's not just a channel surfing platform. It's like, you know, it's, it's an intent channel. Like people will jump in because they're like, Hey, I, I can probably learn to boil eggs or whatever. I got to, you know, whatever I'm trying to do here in a better, you know, more native way than I would find on a Google search or something like that. And it's easy right. to dismiss with this, like, Oh, who's going to do a search on TikTok? That's for Google. It's like, man, you sound like the same person who told me that people wouldn't re- read their newspaper on the computer. Like, yeah. <laughs> like behaviors change like this. So it's, I, it, it's a good insight. So what? I mean, what's next for you? I mean, you've you've got this kind of like success here. You've also got like this awesome, you know, PM career in its own right. Are you? How are you, how are you thinking about you know your your kind of like content adventures and your extracurriculars and content now? in the context of your future? Are you doing more stuff with, you know, more stuff on the content side or how are you kind of balancing that out? Well, it is, it's a tough <laughs> thing to balance. I mean, I, it's a I good problem to have. I have a full-time job yeah. and then I do TikTok outside of that right. as both a hobby, but as a way to help people in some capacity. I think mm-hmm. for 2023, my main goal is to create more sustainable systems for myself with respect mm-hmm. to content creation, I am very yeah. much sometimes like an extremes person where I'll spend a month pumping out like a lot of content, but then go dark for another few weeks. So that's mm. one of my big goals for 2023 is having a more sustainable content creation machine in my head, in my world. Mm-hmm. That's 
I would say, yeah, my main main goal. Otherwise, I don't know yet. I think part of this year is just exploring more things. Last year was all about can I build a following? I went from mm-hmm. zero to twenty three thousand followers in a year, which if you asked yeah. me one year ago, I would not believe you that yeah. that's where I yeah. was. So this year, I'm not really sure yet where my where my goals go, what I want to do. I will continue posting content because it's very fun and I love creating stuff. I just don't mm-hmm. know where it's going to go. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. No, that that makes a ton of sense, and yeah, I'm I'm confident whatever whatever direction you go with that will be will be super successful because you've you know you've you've got a you've got an eye for it. You're doing some really awesome you know awesome material on there, and I'm sure if you're applying half of that to your work at IBM, you're killing it there as well. So like, it's, it's a really cool resource. Yeah. We'll, we'll continue to be fans of your channel and and recommend it to other people as well. I want to wrap up with, I've got two, just kind of two, just kind of fun ones that I, I kind of ask everyone. The first one is, you know, and you know, feel free to find a creative way for this. I realize you're, you're still earlier in your career, so you might not be as jaded as some of the folks I have on the, (laughs) on the show here, but What's maybe a status quo opinion that, you know, other peers of yours might have that you would question or, you know, not believe as strongly or push back on a little bit? Hmm. That's a good question. Status quo, holy moly! I'm not really sure. Okay. Yeah, no worries. I don't, I, think, I don't want to make you feel corny. Is, l- listen, no, it's usually it's usually year ten in your career where you start going like, you know what's bullshit? These three things. Let me answer. That <laughs> You'll get there. Respect. Let me answer that with respect to content creation because I think yeah, that's perfect. where I can perfect. really more push back on. And yeah, definitely. And it's back to that main idea. So. To whoever's listening, if you are later on in your career, and maybe you also think that TikTok is a platform for just fun and games, it can't be taken seriously. That is so far from the truth. Right now, more than anything, people are valuing that, for lack of a better term, intimate connection, that one-on-one connection from authentic people. So Mm -hmm. if you're able to make content with that as the central tenant that you are trying to connect with someone one-on-one, people will be drawn to you. TikTok is more than just an entertainment platform. People are going there to learn. Whether you like it or not, it is where the future is going, at least for the near term. People Mm -hmm. are putting their efforts into consuming content on TikTok. That would be like my push against the status quo. That's uh, No, that's, that's great advice and something I'm, you know, we in the marketing team here at Launch Notes are always kind of beating the drum on is just like people want to connect with people, not like a logo with, you yeah. know, like, so find ways like us doing this is like an example of, you know, that kind of thing where it's like, cool, we get to have, watch a conversation with two humans instead of, you know, some corporate press release or something like that with a mm-hmm. logo and you know, fancy letterhead. Like that's definitely like the the way things have gone and it's, you know, this channel that you're, you know, working on here is like a great, you know, a great place for that. And it's sort of like purpose built for that. So it, it, it makes total sense. So this last one is, is even easier than the, the, the first one. What's a, I like to ask product people about products. You can't answer TikTok or IBM, but what's a, what's a product, whether it's for work or just outside of work that you've been excited about, maybe you're trying it or looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. 
That's a, a good question. I just got a Roomba for Christmas. Nice. And for anyone who might not know, it's just the little vacuum. Yeah, yeah. Self-automated vacuum. But what I've been very interested in thinking about is that there's obviously a whole hardware component. It's a literally a vacuum. But then yeah. there's the software component. I have a mobile app that I can press play that will mm-hmm. connect the hardware component, run it around my apartment. So I've been thinking a lot about how the software component most likely running more agile, how they're pushing updates versus the hardware probably being more waterfall, maybe mm-hmm. a yeah. different creation feature yeah. release process. And just how yeah. in this day and age, we can have those kinds of products that are trying to marry a software world with a hardware world. So I've been just yeah. watching my Roomba go around my apartment. I'm like, hmm, interesting. Cool. I wonder, like, I yeah. wonder how this works. I wonder That's how cool. software yeah. and hardware teams are interacting with each other. Yeah. You're, you're one of the few people looking at the Roomba and, and wondering that, but I think <laughs> it's, it's, it speaks to your, your passion for, for product management. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's a good, it's a good point. I mean, yeah, I, I hadn't thought of it that way, but it's like, yeah, not to turn this into a launch notes commercial, but part of that literally is what part of what you said is part of why we exist here is because there's this like agile, you know, this new world of software development where it's like, Hey, things aren't being shipped once a year or once a quarter right. anymore. There's like mm-hmm. continuous updates. And so like kind of view one of our platform was like a, a way to, you know, kind of create a communication channel that matches that launch those commercial over all that to say, like it has caused a lot of, you know, there's this like major rift in the, in the industry with like, Mm -hmm. but then again, like if you've got a hardware component, it's like, you can't show up at their house and, you know, can't show up at someone's house three times a week and say like, Hey, I'm, (laughs) I'm from Roomba. I'm here to update your hardware. I'm here to Mm -hmm. add a feature to your hardware maybe someday, but that's a cool, no, that's a cool, that's a cool example. Robot vacuums are one of those things where it's like, Man, they're so great now, but I just wish they could get better. Like when oh, is and maybe AI will get to the point, but it's like when am I going to have like a George Jetson style just like robot in my house that does yeah. that cleans as good as a human? I would pay fifty thousand dollars for that. But <laughs> that's a separate conversation. Alex, this was super fun having you on the show today. Really appreciate you making time for this. Thank you for having me. So you're obviously uh, folks can find you on TikTok at Alex the PM. Any other way people can get in touch or check out more if they want to say hi? You can also find me on Instagram at the same handle. Nice. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the show today. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, best of luck with everything you're doing because it's all super exciting. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Blake here again. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Launch Notes podcast. If you work on a product team, whether you're in product management, product marketing, product ops, or any other supporting function, Go check out the Launch Awesome community. Hundreds of the top product minds from companies like Google, Atlassian, Twilio, and more are in the community sharing their expertise every day. This free Slack community is a great place to connect with and learn from real product leaders, actual practitioners who are in the trenches building and launching products at some of the most exciting startups and SaaS companies around. To join, head to the link in the show notes or just do a quick search for Launch Awesome and it'll come right up. Finally, if you're a fan of the show, don't forget to subscribe so you'll be first to know about new episodes. And of course, we'd be thrilled if you left us a review. Reviews not only help other people find the show, 
but also just lets us know which content you find most valuable so we can create even more of it. Thanks again for being here.